Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ausbiz. Great to have your company for the next hour or so on the call as we analyse 10 stocks suggested by you and put them to our expert panel for their adjudication. It's always terrific to have this group of blokes in today because I always give you great analysis and clear direction. Uh, Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Gary, good to see you, mate. Thanks, David. Welcome back into our Brangaroo Studios. Um, How's profit reporting season going? We're yeah, sort of starting to tail off. Have you seen it? Yeah, I think, uh, look, there's definitely more pluses and minuses there. And I think, yeah, uh, yeah oftentimes you sort of see how they trade these results. So, yeah, it seems like the the good ones are probably as good as expected, maybe slightly ahead. And some of the right. bad ones seem to be sort of uh, be taken in a stride. And I think more people are, I think the market's probably looking at Outlook right. a bit more as well. So I want to sort of see what... Uh, you know, whether there's an optimistic outlook for the for the year ahead yeah. or whether there's more somber. So you saw something like Coles had a great result, yeah. but the outlook was not so good. Yep. And then so it's come off a bit here, whereas some of the other stocks maybe underperformed a little bit, but say, hey, we've, yeah, we've taken a little write down here, but we think the next 12 months is oh. going to be much better than those oh. share prices are going up. So. Yeah. yeah, and and a lot not giving any guidance at all, yeah. are they? So yeah. they're, they're the ones you tend to worry about. Yeah. Also joining us, uh, the other part of the uh, expert team today, over in the West, Carl Capolinga from uh, Think Markets. Uh, Carl, good to see you again. Um, how's your assessment of earnings season? Any comments? Yeah, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, David. Good afternoon, Gary. Yeah, look, I, I think overall, as Gary said, um, you know, I think it's been pretty strong, probably a, a B plus. Uh, report card at this stage. Uh, I'm glad it's tailing off, David. I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's twice twice your happens, but uh, I hate it when it does, and I'm glad when it's over. Um, but no, look, I think guidance, as you say, is is the key. It's good to see uh, guidance coming back back as analysts. It's such a relief to get that little bit at the end, uh, where you get that outlook, and that's the bit I read uh, the closest out of everything, of course, because you know markets are looking forward. Uh, it's disappointing that more companies haven't done it. I'm not going to say it's understandable because I don't think it's understandable now. I think I think we're, we're starting to get clarity on how things are going. So I think uh, I think more more businesses should have done it. And I'm glad uh, many did. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, and as you say, if they haven't, and I kind of think they should, then why haven't they? So and that, that's yeah. raised a few questions for me. But we'll we'll keep an eye on things as they go. Okay. All right. Let's get into it. And first up, uh, before we get into your ten stocks, I always. Uh, 
uh, bring up a stock of the day, something that's been in the headlines. And I thought we'd take a look at Adore Beauty today um, after uh, only recently listed in the last sort of six months or so, really got off to a bit of a tear on the listing, then dropped back below its issue price for a while, reported this morning, a bit of a stellar result, debut result, revenue up 85% to more than $96 million. Company says it expects to deliver revenue growth above pre-coronavirus levels. Uh, we'll be speaking to Adore Beauty's Chief Executive, Tanil O'Shaughnessy, um, just after 1pm Eastern Daylight Time here on Ausbiz. So um, we'll get a deep dive, or the team will get a deep dive under the bonnet then. But uh, uh, Carl, what did you think of Think Markets? Uh, not Think Markets, Adore Beauty. Sorry. <laughs> And the result. No, look, what does Think Markets think of Adore Beauty? Yep. Well, we like. Look, I, I like the result. Um, look, a fantastic result, great growth. It's exactly the sort of business that I'm looking for. These types of businesses that are growing quickly, and it's about finding. I've said this many times about finding the right business uh, at the right price at the right time. So, uh, I think it's the right business. I mean, it's it's one of those overnight success stories that uh, 20 years in the making um, started from a, a garage in Melbourne. It's grown to be, you know, really the the, the premier. Um, online retail. It's a pure online play. Yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, that's attractive in itself. So, um, you know, these online marketplaces, very low overheads, uh, high margins. Uh, and as I said, you know, growth in subscribers uh, th through the roof. I mean, uh, you know, triple digit sort of uh, growth in subscribers, you know, uh, nearly 100% growth in revenues. Um, they're going to deliver their first maiden profit or well, their first maiden mm. profit by definition it's a maiden profit isn't it yep. uh this 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 financial year they're going cash flow positive so everything seems to be heading in the right direction definitely the right um right company the question for, for me about this one is whether it's the right price uh so looking at what they're probably going to earn for the full year uh i putting them on a price to earnings ratio of about a hundred uh, which isn't necessarily a deal breaker if the growth is sufficient to bring that down uh, in a big, big way very quickly. So next year, it might be 50. The year after, it might be 25. And then uh, it becomes a value stock in a few years. Now, the problem with that, of course, is you've got all that execution risk for the many, many years for that needs to occur. So um, I'm going to pass on this one. I think it's the right stock. I just think it's too expensive at these levels. Um, you know, I haven't followed it a lot since the listing, but I'm, I'm just looking at the numbers now. And I'm saying that they listed it at a great price uh, for, for the owners, for the vendors, because it is fully valued here. Uh, the chart, I think, is, is, is agreeing with that assessment because it's you know, there's not a lot of um, of the chart because it's only just listed, uh, but it is very flat at the moment. Look, if it started to get some upside momentum and started to move through 650 with some nice volume, I'll start to get a little bit more interested. But until then, I think it's a, it's just a, you know, it's probably an avoid. Um, if you had it, hold on to it. But uh, if you don't have it, mm. I think you, you it's a wait and see. It's, too, okay. it's early days. All right, wait and see from from Carl. Gary, what do you think of Adore and? Uh... Uh, the result and the share price of the mines had a bit of a spike up to around six bucks. Yeah, a little bit jumpy. I mean, look, it's uh, market cap 536 mil. Mm. So that was sort of probably when it's up a little bit higher here. And uh, full year revenue 165. So it's really not that expensive when you look at the revenue line there. Right. So, um, and uh, so obviously you've got pure play sort of online beauty retailer here. So obviously sort of a, that sort of value, all the high end brands there. So Definitely getting a lot of traction, a lot of positive um, growth there. So it does look really good here. Um, I, I'm sort of, I'm a little bit with Cal here, a little bit. I, I like sort of watching these new stocks trade for a bit first. Right. And yep. there's a bit of a, 
sounds funny, but there's, there's actually uh, a certain pattern which the new IPOs tend to follow. They, they generally do come on a little bit hot initially, right. and then they go through like a little three-wave sort of correction where some of the heat comes yep. out of it early, and then it sort of, then they start to build. And once they start to build, that's when they sort of, you know, so you can go back and look at all the best stocks historically yep. on the market oh, that's there. interesting. They all sort of follow a similar pattern, but then right. once they start building, start taking a, breaking above some of the old highs and stuff there, then that's when they can really go here. So this looks like it's a stock that we should be really keeping an eye on closely. Right. Because the value parameters are pretty... So pretty you're a bit, bit similar to Carl, that if it gets up to 650, that's building some momentum on the upside. Yeah, so I sort of, I, I you know, as I kind of define this as a little B-wave break, which is right. sort of like, I, I really want to see it break a, uh, a swing high. Right. So, you know, if you're trending down, you're rarely, you know, you're, you might rally back up, then be always fall, fall short of the last high. Right. And downtrending markets always sort of falling short. So uptrending markets will sort okay. of go, will break to new highs. So on that, you would see it, if it got above 622, which was the uh, the high in January. So I think there's that's a... That's a good sign. And Carl's 650 is... Yeah. So 638, I think, is the 22nd of January high there. Right. So that'll be breaking a bit of a swing high there. Uh, so, yeah. okay. so breaking above right. that point. Okay. Um, you're looking for so oh, looking for a, you know, oftentimes you're looking for a consolidation, tightening action, sort of make sure you want yeah. to see the volume coming in where it should come in. So yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, but it does look does look pretty interesting here. But so keep a watch on. Yeah, it. I mean, like it sounds <clears throat> sounds strange, but these things can take time. So okay. even though this stock here is one that you really want to look at and want to buy, um, this sort of consolidation process can take a while. It can take right. a few months right to set up here. So you've okay. almost got to be quite patient. Uh, active customers grew 77% to 777,000 It's a decent, buyers. yeah. That's a, that's a lot of people yeah. buy. The big uh, question, yeah, I guess the big question here is the sort of once we sort of go back to more normal sort of, right. where we're, we're going back to the city. I've, I've even noticed today being in the city, a lot more people yeah. are around today in the city, but most yeah. I've seen. Yeah. Um, so as we transition, go back into the cities, go back into uh, normal are we going to be on, online as much? So yeah, I think yeah. we, I think the online space is going to keep growing, but is it going to be as heated as it is at the moment? That's okay. the, All right, the interesting. Yeah. Um, Adore Beauty, uh, keep a watch out, according to uh, Gary and Carl. Not quite yet though, but uh, keeping it on the radar. Uh, Carl, Matt wants a view on Costa Group, the uh, the big agricultural organisation for the year ended uh, at the end of December. 11% increase in revenue on the back of uh, avocados and blueberries, by the look of it. <laughs> Costa Group, of course, founded by Frank Costa, former president of the Geelong Cats and sort of the king of Geelong for many years. What do you think of Costa Group? Yeah, look, I, look, I like it. Um, so I'll start by saying I, I do like it. It's a stock we've, um, we've had a buyout on for a bit of time. Just looking at my notes here since the 21st of September. Um, so if uh, for clients uh, who are listening today, we're certainly happy to hold. If you're not in it, I'm, I'm a buyer here, and I'll explain why. I think um, the so they rather than half year the results like many other companies, they actually just released their full year results. It was a commendable performance uh, across the board, actually. So they had a really tough um, start to the year uh, back end of uh, 2019. There were um, there were dr there was coming out of the drought. There yeah. were uh, bushfires. Um, I'm pretty sure they even had uh, floods in places. I mean, they're ge geographically spread around the world where they grow. 
Um, so it was, it, was, it was a terrible year. Uh, 2020 has bounced back uh, well in the first half, but incredibly well in the second half. So the thing about this one is that momentum is building and um, they're looking really good. Management was really upbeat. So it's one of those companies that did provide guidance and provided an outlook and it was very, very positive. So uh, I'm going to run with, uh, with management here. Uh, it's not the cheapest stock out there. That would be the only thing I would say. So I think it's the right stock. It's got uh, the growth, growth is coming through. I think justify the higher valuation. So not a bargain, but the growth is there. And I yeah. think that's important. Um, so happy to go here. The chart looks really good, actually. So that's probably the, uh, the, the clincher for me. So the, the, right. the chart gives me the timing, David. So yes, I, I do a lot of analysis to determine if, if it's got a good business, if the business is growing, if it's had a good valuation, but it's the chart that tells me uh, whether it's the time to go. Um, so you can see that the horrible uh, year that was 2019 on that chart is as clear as day, uh, but we can also see the recovery in earnings and, and really the chart is just a reflection of earnings. Um, so the chart is telling you that investors are getting back on board this one. Um, as I said, we've been on it for a little while. The trend looks pretty strong in the short term and long term and happy to be by around here. Okay. Gary, Costa Group. Yeah, so look, I, I've sort of uh, had this in the portfolio as of August last year, So, um, but I've recently got, gotten rid of it. Hey, just because just of the price appreciation really had a, right. you know, so we've sort of up almost sort of 30% um, from August level. So Carl's right here, the price is not cheap here. So, um, but the, uh, you know, the revenue line's strong, obviously um, profit's sort of strong here. The, the only little negative is the strong AUD. So there's a lot, uh, there's starting right. to be, um, you know, some sales overseas. So uh, with AUD sort of on a bit of a tear, that, yeah. that will impact some of the international sort of sales lines there. But obviously, the, you know, the weather um, favourable, growth outlook favourable there. I've got a few little bolt-ons there. Um, right. So but, you got in around three bucks and sold over four. I think it was uh, from in August two ninety and three twenty. Right. So I had two oh, parcels geez. there. So, uh, but I, I've it's probably right. I've sold a little early, but right. but uh, I, I don't mind selling a little early. So, yeah. um, but really, I'm just looking for maybe the price to cool off a little bit here. So I think maybe with sort of the Aussie dollar headwinds there, just they're still going to make a few. Cost uh, have always sort of um, you know made acquisitions. So oh, is that good? Well, it can be good if you keep growing there. Sometimes it can put a bit of stress on the balance sheet right. there. So, which is probably why it got itself into a little bit of a heat. And initially, when it was ramping up, it was good, but then a little bit too aggressive. Uh, everyone was got, got scared, and then prices sort of floundered right. here. But prices have improved again. But always have little cycles here. So, you got to look at these things. I, I just sort of noticed the volumes have sort of lightened off here as we've sort of gone higher. So, um, I'm like Carl here. I, I like it here, but I think. You know, I'd like to see it maybe come back under eight, under 380. So that, that might right. be a level I'd probably have a look at. Okay, so not at these levels though. Yeah. All right. Okay, there you go, uh, Matt. Um, if you've held on to it for a while, that's, you've done very nicely out of it. Um, now, Gary, Jack wants a view on BWP. This is um, basically a real estate investment trust, isn't it? Um, of all the Bunnings properties um, around the country. Yeah. Great to see the sausage sizzle at Bunnings come back last weekend in uh, a lot of states, which is fabulous. But uh, um, so Wes Farmers spun this off, didn't they? Yeah, so Wes Farmers still own just under 25% of the right. trust, so still hold there. Um, look, the PE is sort of around 11, the yield is uh, about 4.8%, that's unfranked. Um, so obviously, good quality properties, obviously, yeah. good long-term tenant holders there, these sort of larger sort of format retail properties. 
Um, look, the, the only issue there, you've obviously got um, bond yields rising. Um, average rents actually dropped 1.4% um, in the last year as well on the, on the, on the recent reviews, which is kind of a little surprise maybe, but um, maybe sort of COVID or the rest of it. But, um, but yeah, so you so because Bunnings did. He would have thought the rents might have, might, have, might have held up here, but yes. yeah, the you know. So I noticed a few of the brokers are actually um, have noticed the net op net operating income has declined, and and with those average rents coming off as well, that's yeah. sort of been a little you know just taking the edge off here. So if you notice the price has come back <coughs> from about four fifty five to three eighty here, yes. so it's on a bit of a decline here. So look, I think it might come back a little deeper there, but. Maybe closer to three sixty, something like that. It's probably okay. you know maybe getting up to around that sort of five percent. Even on San Frank, that's probably getting more interesting there. So, right. but you you will find that these sort of property trusts do get a little bit of a hit when, when the bond yields move a little bit. So, okay. but so not for you at the moment. Look, I th I, I do like this. I like this um, and SCPs, which is the Woolworths property trust. I find they're good assets. You do get a chance to buy them. Maybe yeah. once or twice a year when they do come off a bit here. So, oh, okay. so I think here we're on a bit of a sharp pullback here. So maybe we go a little lower, but maybe something like three sixty might be. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So, Carl, yeah. what do you think of uh, BWP? Yeah, look, it's all about is it the right stock at the right price at the right time? Is it the right stock? Uh, this is one of, if not the most boring stock on the ASX, uh, which is which is not a not a bad thing. I'm not don't say that in a bad way. And if you, if you no. want boring and you want reliable in your portfolio, then this is this is one you're potentially going to look at. Which is why um, it was so, which is why it was so surprising that rents came down. Yeah, well, I think, Koshi, that's because there were some rent embargoes around the place uh, in various states. So particularly Victoria did have a rent embargo uh, there. Of so, course, of course. Um, a lot, yep. Yeah, a lot yep. of their rents, uh, most of it's sort of um, uh, linked to CPI, which I'm guessing might have got through, snuck through, but um, a lot of it is um, just agreed. So about 45% sure. they've got to agree on it. And given what was going on, um, even though they're kind of agreeing with, with Bunnings and Bunnings was doing well, um, they, they're probably just on hold. But I think that, that'll back out. So some of that will come through. So, so last year's results weren't fantastic, um, well, the, the first half anyway, but some of that will back out because, you know, um, they'll be able to get some of those rents up. Uh, so that that's helpful. Uh, the big problem here, I and mean, we can talk about operations forever. Is it the right stock? I think it's very boring. Um, I, I want a bit more excitement out there. Is it the right price? I, I don't think so. I don't think it's all that cheap, and I don't think the growth justifies the valuation here. And I think with rising uh, bond yields and, you know, spiking to 1.6% yesterday, Koshi, up from mm. about 1% just a month ago. So, yeah. you know, we get excited when the Reserve Bank uh, raises or, or cuts interest rates by 25 basis points. We've nearly, we've almost had three RBA hikes in the last month. And I'm not sure if investors have really realised that. But you look, it hurts It hurts these stocks that you only buy because of their dividend yield and their stability, uh, because ultimately that's a bond, isn't okay. it? So, look, it's a no for just, me on that basis, the chart. Yep. Just, just explain that to investors who probably don't make that link and don't understand bond yields have a big impact on share prices, don't they? Oh, gosh, we need, we need an hour to talk yeah. about right. this. Okay, all right. I'll give you the 30-second version, if you like. I'll give yeah. you the 30-second version. So, yeah. uh, number one, safe, boring stocks like this struggle because bonds are safe and boring as well. And when, you, when the yields on bonds go up, these are relatively less attractive because stocks are risky, right? In yep. theory, governments aren't. Yep. The second problem for the, for the share market more broadly is that the, the big fund managers, the, the biggest investors use, these, use this model called a discounted cash flow model to value their shares. 
And there's a, there's a line in there, there's one cell in their spreadsheet that comes in for the risk-free rate. And when that risk-free rate is on the way up, because it's discounting cash flows, um, the value of those cash flows declines and therefore the value of the, the, the valuation of the companies decline and what investors are prepared to pay for those companies therefore goes down as well. So, so you know, rising interest rates can be a major, major drag on the market. Now, the reason why markets aren't crashing because rates are going up is because we're looking past that to all of this amazing, wonderful growth that's going to come on the other side to bolster earnings more than the negative impact. But will that happen? That's that execution risk I was right. talking about before. It's a leap of faith at the moment. Great explanation. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Actually, I was actually reading about hyperinflation last night because that was the that was doing the rounds. Uh, hyperinflation. Hyperinflation. Give me yeah. a break. Uh, but it's, Is uh, that right? Yeah. So it's interesting because obviously you've got a lot of the characteristics of if you look at all the hyperinflation cases in. Uh, in the last 50 years. Oh, they're, we, they're, they're not yeah. showing Germany with the uh, photo of the wheelbarrow of <laughs> currency yeah. again. Well, are, yeah. are these Bitcoin promoters or gold uh, promoters? No, no, no. This is, no this, I, think, I think Michael Burry was one of the guys uh, talking okay. about it and a few uh, other. Uh, yeah, but obviously it's all these inflation fears. Yeah. So because you've sort of got all the asset classes are all going up, so property, commodities, which are all classic sort of yep. uh, inflationary sort of Forces, okay. um, and everyone's saying, "No, we're going to hold rates lower." Well, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hang on. Not hold yeah. rates lower now. Hold rates lower until 2024. Yeah. So that's the mm. that's the big thing. A lot of people are borrowing money on the back of Reserve Bank advice, saying no rate increases to 2024. Yeah. Markets saying they're going to have to before then. Yeah. yeah well, I guess though. I mean, hyperinflation doesn't matter so much. You borrow as long as you buy assets yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh fascinating yeah, time yeah. all right so sorry to distract you both there sorry <laughs> carl with that but i think it's important that that investors know that the because bonds can appear boring but they can also uh, are a really good lead indicator to share market uh, crashes share market adjustments uh, into the future all right let's get back to your stock sorry about that um Carl, Glenn wants a view on Service Stream. Now, they've just um, announced a big multi-year deal with Telstra to provide uh, as a key delivery of, uh, partner in design, construction and maintenance of their wireless and fixed-line infrastructure. So this is like a, they, they, they build and, and install all the wires. Yeah, they do kind of the, the groundwork, don't they, yeah. uh, for Telstra. So, yeah, look, um, look, it's, look, we like that that deal. Um, the, the big problem for this one is if you go back a little bit in their ASX announcements, there's one that's just kind of, I wouldn't say the announcement's buried, but the detail within the announcement tries to bury something really important. Uh, so that's the one where they announced their, uh, the renewal of their NBN contract. And it kind of omits the fact that they lost New South Wales and Victoria in that contract. So they retained all the other regions, uh, but the two most populous regions uh, for you know doing the NBN installations, uh, maintenance, uh, testing, all of that, all of that sort of stuff, uh, has gone to a competitor. So that is going to put a major, major dent in their earnings order of magnitude 160 million now they're going to make it back in other areas but not enough to really cover them this fy and then you know the bit outside of the business is doing really well it's frustrating because otherwise i would have said you know this there's the fundamentals are, are, are top shelf here um without that revenue and the disruption it causes then the business trying to get that back um i think it's going to be a little bit distracting for them so 
it's it's not the right stock, unfortunately, at the right value at this time because of that. And the chart is kind of agreeing with my assessment. So if you look at that announcement, um, that negative announcement, it's December 16. Uh, that's when there was a huge drop in the share price. So if if, um, if you've oh, got the yeah. stock and you're wondering, well, what what happened to me on that day? Yeah, you know, what happened yeah. to my share on that day? That's that's what it was. The market reacting to that 160 odd billion dollars of lost revenue, and it hasn't really recovered since then. So downtrend, uh, long-term downtrend, short-term downtrend. It's telling you the market's not excited about this one uh, right now. And if the market's not excited, why would I be excited? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that is a chunk of change to lose, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they sort of worded it in a in a manner that sort of uh, they'll they'll make it up later on, sort of style. But um, yeah, still, <laughs> still a, a, so a, it's called polishing a turd, isn't it? Basically, still a reasonable <laughs> bit. Yeah, well, I agree with Carl here. It's sort of it's, you know, I've nothing really need to add there. The price action is look, it's down the lower end here, but there's nothing sort of compelling here to. Um, you know, I mean, it's on about 14 times as well, so. Um, the yield might be around just over 5%. That is fully frank, which is not bad, but if we're going to be doing less business, that might be under the pump a little bit as well. So right. I think most of the broker vowels are sort of sitting 185 to sort of $2. There's a few guys sitting a little higher, but um, yeah, most yeah. of them are sitting around that sort of two, okay. just above $2. So it's not All right. nothing to get too sexy or too excited about there, I think. Yeah. Okay, Glenn, really clear writing instructions from both uh, Gary and Carl there. Um, Gary, Tim wants a view on Navigator Global. Um, This is basically listed investment company, would you say? Um, uh, For the American-based Lighthouse Investment Partners, they make all the decisions on it. Yeah, so I think you've got like 30 different investment strategies and 131 different products. So they have like a lot of uh, alternate um, products and hedge funds sort of uh, as well. So a bit of a basket of sort of different type of investments so um, look the revenue line I think the last update um, the revenue was down two percent for the year I think net profit was was off a bit more um, funny the performance fees are up quite a bit so they, they actually perform pretty well mm-hmm. but management fees were down quite a bit which probably just showed that um, funds under management just come out a little bit as well so right. um, so yeah it's just sort of um, Look, to me, the stock sort of it's it's in recovery mode here at the moment, and has sort of been building, so it doesn't look too bad here. But I just um, I, I can't get too excited there. Just just the sort of funds under management there, the fact that there there's an outflow. There's a little bit of an outflow there. I know, sort of, you've got to go through all the different lines. There's some some lines are up, some lines are down there. But yeah. Um, but yeah, look, they have performed pretty well, but. Just the um, yeah funds under management just sort of coming okay. off edge sort of worries me a little bit. Yeah. All right, Carl, Navigator. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting company. I mean, last time I was on, I talked about uh, Challenger Financial, and they've got yep. all those uh, asset protected, uh, you know, capital protected products. These guys are basically a hedge fund, or not so much. They're kind of a hedge fund of hedge funds. So uh, they don't necessarily do the investing themselves. They they um, use other managers to do it. And they, you know, you can then, uh, they've also got a platform you can go and select various hedge funds. So long short as well. If you look at their long short fund this year, it's actually shot the lights out. So it was up 22% for um, calendar year 2020, which um, which I think is pretty impressive. Uh, and the volatility was only 8%. So given how volatile 2020 was, I think that's a commendable performance and hence their performance fees were through the roof. Unfortunately, the management fees, which is about 90% of their bread and butter revenues, uh, were down on the on lower funds under management. And that's because overall, if you look at the long-term performance of their funds, it's actually pretty lousy. So I'm surprised uh, they're doing as well as they do. They must have an incredible marketing team behind them. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, five-year five year performance of their, their main 
main funds to 2% with a volatility of 12%. doesn't sound particularly attractive when they're benchmarking S&P 500 and things like that. So uh, that would be the first first uh, red flag for me. Um, yeah, and a big one. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, it is a big one, I think, because ultimately you need to be good at what you do. Um, in theory, Koshi, I'm sure you've seen many <laughs> examples in life where people aren't fantastic at what they do, but yeah. somehow but still come only, out on top. You can only get away with that for so long, can't you? Yep. <laughs> so, I guess it's so about long, mixing the products um, in there too, Carl, as well, because obviously you'd have, you'd have hedge funds in there which would be the, the exact opposite of each other. Right. So you'd have oh, one hedge fund might actually be fair enough. a long fund, one was a short fund, or it might be a mix there as well. So. Right. There's some options there to, to get a little creative, which might be appealing, but you're right. The, 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 yeah. the total return over the long term is not, not great. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Look, I mean, revenue's running down 2%, but I think um, obviously because those performance fees will back out unless they keep shooting the lights out, and that's going to be a problem for us. So that's a drag. Um, look, they don't look expensive, and the yield's about 7%. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I just think that the chart as well is not telling me that it's a screaming buy. No. Um, so there's just too many question marks. It's not the worst business by any stretch of the imagination. Look, uh, compared to other businesses, it's actually, you know, it's actually rating at 85% on, on my fundamental model. So it's better, it's better than 85% of stocks that have earnings and 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 have um, dividends. So that's impressive. But yeah, just just when I dig into it, I, something doesn't smell right to me. Okay. So it's a pass. All right. Uh, Richard wants to know about the smell on quantum intellectual property, Carl, uh, <laughs> whether this comes up roses or not. Um, they're a, uh, a big owner of organisations that look after your intellectual property, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So they've um, operate, operations uh, in Australia, New Zealand, Singapore and Malaysia. It's the Asian operations that are showing the most growth. It's pretty flat over here. They've blamed COVID as many businesses have, so we'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. Revenues up by 4.4%, uh, which is commendable given what happened. Um, but if you look at their longer term growth rate, it's it's not, um, it's not uh, you know, uh, we talked about Adore Beauty with their, uh, you know, thousand percent increase in users and 98 percent increase in revenue it's not it's, it's never going to be that sort of business um, so then you have to really focus uh, on on the valuation of the business which is um, fairly reasonable but uh, not ex, not exciting at this level so um, it, it's not one of those businesses I think you're going to wake up and it's going to be on a tear so uh, the chart I think is telling you everything I've, I've said look how flat it is mm. and it's, it's just decided to trend lower so look a, a solid business but just not the one I'm after right now. Okay. Gary? Yeah, I've sort of got here down the bottom, safe and growing slowly. So, uh, right. yeah, so it, they actually don't report a lot. Right. So like, you know, in, in this age, you know, where everyone's constantly updating the market with a lot yeah. of stuff, these guys are the opposite. They really don't put, there's not much to be said throughout the year. So there's really, mm -hmm. little, you know, very few announcements there. Look, the revenue line, um, has been growing quite nicely, so uh, you know single digits for the, the last couple of years. So it, it's not expensive here, but yeah, I'm, I'm with Carl here. It's just sort of there, not not compelling here, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, okay. it's definitely not expensive here, and uh, business is growing. It's just it's just they're just pretty quietly, you know, going going sure. about it. Yeah. Okay. All right, there you go, uh, Richard. Thank you for that suggestion. Let's recap the first five stocks and our stock of the day: Adore Beauty, Bumper Profit. Um, according to uh, Gary, a stock to watch if it gets down to around that 650 um, area. Uh, Carl's saying really wants to see a bit more of performance because it's only recently listed. Uh, Costa Group, a, uh, a buy from Carl. 
uh, a no from Gary. Uh, BWP Trust, uh, pretty boring if it got down to around 360. Um, then uh, Gary would start to look at it. Uh, Service Stream, a no from both Navigator, a no, and Quantum, a no as well. Uh, here on the call, we have our own sort of fantasy portfolio. We've been tracking since the 1st of July last year, thanks to our partner, NAB Trade. Any stock that gets uh, two thumbs up from our expert panel goes into the portfolio. If it comes up again and doesn't get the unanimous approval, it comes out of the portfolio. So let's see how we're doing for the last week, down half a percent, same for the month, uh, since the 1st of July, up 25.5%. Some of the stocks that have been recently added to it, United Malt Group, IntelliHR, Quickfee, Adairs, Family Zone, CyberSafety and Shryro. Some of the stocks to be removed, uh, A2 Milk and Thorny Tech have come out. And if you want to see all the stocks, in the calls portfolio, go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Um, a few programming notes for you. Uh, reporting season, boy, have we got a lot coming up uh, for the rest of the day on Osbiz. Talk about C-suite. Uh, Tanil O'Shaughnessy from Adore Beauty is on. Uh, Nick Millay from Adbury, Chief Executive coming on. Gary Carroll from G8 Education. Cathy O'Connor from U Media is on and uh, Mike Viverka from Jumbo Interactive will all be on for the rest of the afternoon. So uh, a lot happening here on Ausbiz after the call. Um, all right, let's get uh, into our second five stocks on the call. And uh, Carl, Julie wants a view on Qantas, um, the, uh, the big Australia or the, uh, the Australian airline, the flying kangaroo. Uh, I noticed Perpetual, um, uh, have been getting into Qantas as uh, um, as an opening up investment. Uh, what do you think? Okay, no, I haven't seen that. I, was, I just um, noticed uh, because when you do the call, you go into the call bubble, as well I do anyway, right. where I'm <laughs> frantically researching these stocks. I haven't seen a lot of what's happened today, but I just had a look at my um, prices and I noticed it's popped up today. So I don't know if that was the announcement, but um, yeah, it's always good to see um, these bigger fund managers get involved. Um, it's interesting that move up today. I couldn't see any other news, just as you're talking oh. about the core portfolio there. I was trying to find some news on it. So if there isn't any news, that's even more interesting. So when stocks go up on um, no news, US yeah. something's well going up on. Yeah, US, uh, Gary was just saying US Airlines up bigger than Flight Centre had a big run yesterday. Corporate travel, yeah, Webjet on the back Webjet. of the vaccine, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but Qantas didn't go yesterday, which was interesting. No. That was what was uh, very confusing me a little. But I think Webjet looks very interesting. Um, I think Qantas looks very interesting. More on the technical basis than the fundamentals. I think you kind of have to put the fundamentals aside because I don't think there's a lot of point reviewing uh, FY20 results in the year that was. Okay. It's, it's kind of irrelevant yeah. now, isn't it? You have, to, you have to look forward and things are going to improve. I think the key for Qantas is that they are, are in the process of transforming their business again, again, again. I mean, how many times have they done it? Um, but they're, they're going to have to be leaner and meaner and, uh, and, and more flexible uh, with, with this emergence from COVID, uh, these, these potential for spot lockdowns as they occur. Um, but I do think if you believe things are going to get back to normal, then it was a, it was a great business going into the crisis. It's going to have a billion dollars less costs in it. Um, it should be a great mm. business uh, and more efficient coming out of it. So look, I'm a buyer of Qantas here. I think now's the time. I've, I've been. I have. This is my first buy on Qantas since the start of the um, the crisis. To be to be honest, and I, I don't okay. I don't take these these steps like lightly. So it, I think it's done enough. 
uh, on the chart there um, to say that the worst is behind us and I think we should head up from here. So there's no point in me talking valuation metrics. I actually use 12 um, separate valuation metrics and then combine them into an average ranking for each stock. Eight of those 12 things are at zero right now for Qantas because there's no profits, mm -hmm. right? So, okay. um, so you have to look forward and I'm going to the, deferring to the charts here and calling it a buy. Okay. Gary? Yeah, I actually agree with Carl actually 100% because actually the valuation is not great here for the stock. So, right. so for Qantas, Webjet, Flight Centre, Corporate Travel, the valuations aren't great. Yeah. But at the moment, we're all looking ahead here at, at uh, COVID you know, disappearing yeah. and uh, what's going to be the opening trade here. And the momentum, we've already seen Webjet, Flight Centre break up yesterday. Yeah. We've seen Qantas break up today on the back of the US airlines moving. So this, this technically looks really good. So right. the price action looks great. The valuation is not great, yeah. um, but that in this market, okay. where you know we're not worrying too much about valuations. Yep. Um, so, right. uh, so fundamentally, it's not great here. But I think the price action uh, is going to get a new high here. I think it'll go above the 580. It might get sort of somewhere around sort of six six twenty. I, I see mm. most of the brokers have got a six twenty was sort of this was the was the smallest valuation I saw. So wow. I think UBS at 620, Morgan 620, Goldman's have got a 705. I don't, they're probably a little bit out of the box there, probably doing, wow. looking for corporate work. But, um, <laughs> but uh, oh, you cynic! But everyone's at least 620 <laughs> here anyway. So, but the All price right. action looks really constructive. So right. I think it goes higher. And of course, as Carl said, it was strong going into the uh, pandemic, and the strongest part of its business has always yeah. been domestic. It hasn't been international, has it? So if they can yeah. get domestic. Um, going again, it could look okay. So let me talk yeah. to both of you. Um, travel sector, um, you uh, have Qantas, say do Sydney and Auckland Airport, then your Webjets, flight center, corporate travel, uh, the world's most profitable airline at the moment, Alliance um, and Rex. Which would you invest in? in good, that travel sector? Oh, some good businesses in there. So yeah. I, I like um, Webjet. Right. Uh, Webjet would I, be I, I like Qantas as well. I like the okay. AIA. I mean, that's um, yeah. Auckland Airport. It's going to be good shape okay. here longer term. Obviously, government backed as well. So a little bit yeah. of more safety there. And it's a property play. Yeah. Um, okay. Carl, yeah. what's your favourite uh, amongst the opening up travel? Is it Qantas or...? Uh, yeah, no, look, uh, Webjet, I think, looks um, the pick at the moment with Qantas right. and AQZ. A you mentioned Alliance Aviation. We've had a buy on that, uh, which we have a standing buy on that already. Uh, but as a turnaround play, I think Webjet, corporate travel, CTD looks interesting, and Qantas. I'm trying to think okay. of maybe something else. So I'm looking at... Um, uh, it's, it's, I'm trying to think yeah. of the... Uh, it's, it's, I've got blank. The, uh, the theme parks, Dreamworld. Oh, um, yeah, um, I've lost it. No, <laughs> but you know, you you know the one I'm talking. Um, yeah, not village. Um, no, no. Uh, yeah, was, I know the uh, one you're talking about. It's, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll come back to everyone on that. <laughs> yeah. we'll We're getting to, old. Starts with um, starts with A. Um, oh, is it? Doesn't matter. Don't keep yeah, it. So we'll come to me. Um, all right. Um, Let's, uh, while we're thinking that, Carl, I'm looking it up. Um, Enrico wants a view on medical developments. Uh, the company delivers emergency medical solutions and patient outcomes, uh, and also has expanded internationally with a, a range of asthma respiratory devices. Uh, are the, these are the ones with the, the green stick. 
Yes, the um, the green right. whistle that you see. Green whistle. Bondi That's rescue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Inevitably, inevitably, in every episode, somebody dislocates their shoulder and they get uh, part yep. of the green yep. green whistle. Uh, but they also have ardent um, leisure. I didn't even have to look her up. Ardent, ardent <laughs> leisure. You are a genius, Kosh. Well done. <laughs> Uh, it, it, uh, it is earning season, Kosh. It happens two times a year, and, my, and I tell you what, oh, yeah. you my, <laughs> your brain's fried. Yep. Uh, so, uh, medical developments. Look, interesting company, great products, uh, great growth future. I think future is, is the key word there. The, the, the current is tough. So, they're having delays in getting um, FDA approval for the, the green whistle. Uh, the, the Chinese approval is dragging along as well. Once that once those come through, you know, I've, I think that there, there will be a big pickup in revenues and profits. Um, the the respiratory sales are backing out. They had a big bump on COVID, but that's just starting to slow down now, as you would expect. And um, yeah, they're, they're, they've, they've just raised a bunch of um, cash to, they, they say, uh, for a big push in Europe. Uh, where they're gaining traction, I think that's important. Um, but I, I think I think the growth the, the growth is a, is a ways out. So I'm talking a year a year and a half oh, until right. we okay. start to see some really good numbers out of this one. Um, so it, it, right now they're just because of this um, COVID impact and some of the delays, they're only just sort of cash flow neutral at the moment. And and without those extra sales, it, it, they're probably going to struggle a little bit. And I think the chart's reflecting that as well. So if you look at that chart. It, I wish it was bottom left, top right. It, it's not. Mm. It's kind of just curling over and just dying a bit uh, towards the bottom. That's the technical okay. term. Actually, uh, curling over and dying. <laughs> um, but but with the yeah, with the short term trend well established to the downside, lower peaks, lower troughs, and all of the other technical terms. No, I can't can't okay. be a buy here. Very interesting company, just not right now. Yep. And watch out for the future, Gary. Yeah, and they've also got some of their veterinary products in there as well. And um, yeah, it's, it's funny that actually the I think the sales when um, COVID broke. Um, were sort of there, there was an initial initial surge, but then since then, with uh, you know mild cold and flu season, with uh, proved hygiene and stuff, there there there's been a, a lot a lot less need for these um, sort of asthma really sort of yep. um, breathing you know sort of machines and things like that. So they've actually had pretty depressed demand for the, for their products. So um, they've been sort of like the Penthrox products. They've gone out and got um, access to all these different markets. So They've now sort of put it in place, um, or, or, you know, I guess sort of half half the world sort of the, you know, they've got access to now, but the sales haven't been coming through. So right. it's a little bit of a wait and see here and watch this one here because at the moment it seems like they've done everything right, but uh, the sales aren't coming through. So right. why, why is that? Yep. So and that uh, could be a COVID interruption. And... Yeah. So we just want to well, see it's... your sales pick up first, don't we, Dominic? Yeah. Yeah, fewer, fewer accidents. So um, you've got all these um, restriction movements. So fewer people yeah. are having accidents. There's less need for, um, you know, the green whistle in emergency situations. But that will back out too. Um, but you're looking at um, 2022 for the Chinese approval potentially. FDA thing, I think, was 2024. Or maybe right. it's the other way around. But anyway, there, there, it, there's, there's a timeline to get um, the things approved. And then I think the growth will come. But until then, why, why take the right. risk? Yep. Okay. Uh, Gary, Jeremy wants a, a view on Imagine Biosystems. Now, this is a really one of those great medical companies that we have so many listed on the exchange doing great research into different areas. Um, the, the really key for this company is their MagSense trial, which is um, uh, their ability to detect early stage breast cancer. They've been through a raising in November to scale up 
study and the manufacturing of it? What do you think of it? Yeah, it's, look, it's very early. And, yep. um, and you've also had a lot of uh, share price appreciation here. So we've literally gone from, um, you know, close to one, or basically one cent here to sort of 20 cents here in the last 12 right. months. So right. yeah, you're coming on the back of a, a lot of appreciation. Um, so look, big, big market here. So that's the, that's the exciting part for shareholders is that um, when you, you know, if you've got the ability to capture a, a massive market, which, yep. which obviously this product does, then that will excite shareholders. So um, but I just noticed it's been on a bit of a tear here. The volume has just sort of started to sort of dry up a little bit. Little, little bit almost exhaustive at the last sort of 22 peak here. So to me, it's probably sit back and watch here. There's, there's not a lot of stuff out there on it, apart, right. from, apart from being new and this sort of exciting domain. So yeah, it's pretty high risky. Okay. I think 203, nil, 203, market, 203 million market cap now. So it's getting right. up there for what is pretty early sort of stage. Okay. Yeah. So if you've been in it and sort of, as you said, ascent to 19 cents in a year, yeah. Would you take some profits on it? And yeah, I've, I've always I've, I like the idea of taking a third off after it's gone up three times. Ah, because um, then oh, you've sort of got you've taken your, your initial investment out. out. Yep. and then if it goes another three times, take another okay. third out. Right. Um, but it's everyone's got their own different um, yeah. applications. But yeah, I find it uh, there's a lot of risk in these sort of small biotechs. Yep. So if you get a free carry on, say two thirds of your holding. Yep. Then that's not bad. Then you've got okay. You can kind of let it ride. All right, yeah. uh, Carl. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, that system, I think that makes a lot of sense, Gary. And I think if you take a little off the table here, pay your investment back, and maybe a little bit more, I think that's probably making a lot of sense too. Uh, and the reason for that is I actually didn't check the market cap uh, on this one, but 200 million. Certainly, my eyebrows both went uh, a bit higher at that because this is so far away from making anything that resembles a dollar, David, it's not funny. Yeah. They are in phase one trials. Now, the product looks amazing and I hope, oh, gosh, I hope it works because what yeah. a great thing it will be for the world to have this early detection uh, technology for uh, breast cancers, uh, but it looks like it can be applicable to other cancers as well. So it's a really neat uh, piece of technology. Um, the bio, uh, what was it, something bio, something nanoparticles, biofunctional nanoparticles that um, <laughs> go in specific to the cancer, latch onto the cancer, and then you can uh, detect it with your, your imaging um, and, and get much more accurate, less invasive yep. um, readings of, of this uh, early stage cancer. So wonderful, wonderful technology. I, I hope uh, that they succeed in terms of whether it's an investment case, um, because they are so early, we are we are just taking enrolments for phase one trials. We're not yeah. even in phase one. Yeah, yeah. That is it is frightening that it has run up so much and it's got a market cap on that alone. So whilst my heart says buy, my head says run like crazy because right. this will be this will be at three cents before they start to ever make money if they do, and that's when you'd buy it. Right. Okay. All right. So uh, if you'd bought it earlier in the year at one. Good decision, one cent, now take some profits off it. Um, Carl, David wants a view on lifestyle communities. Now, they, um, they build, own and operate sort of over 55s, over 50s, um, retirement, semi-retirement sort of um, communities, don't they? Uh, David says, I'm surprised that this company has had a tremendous track record since 2013. Do you agree with David? And uh, uh, well. I'm not surprised. No, I think they're doing really well. I mean, it's a great, I think, industry longer term to be in. Yep. So obviously just demographic changes makes a lot of sense to be building these communities. They're more like resorts. Um, and certainly 
you know, yep. I, I think I'm I'm checking them out now, David. I'm not that far away. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> um, no, but uh, look, it's uh, they're, they're they're focused on Victoria, so it's pretty much their, their their bread and butter. And obviously, they've had a pretty tough year with the with the lockdowns. It's hard to get people through displays and and then you know get sales, close deals, and get people in and settled and start earning revenue from that. So they've taken a bit of hit on hit, hit on that, but not as much as you would think. So I think that's uh, pretty positive. They don't look um, all that cheap, but the growth, I think, justifies uh, mm. the, the higher uh, PE. Um, so there is some good growth. Um, it, it's, it's more of a sort of a, you've got to take a bit of a, a longer term view on this one. But I think if you can do that, I, I think it will pay off. So a lot of that um, underperformance in FY21 is because they've been locked down on those um, rent increase embargoes. Right. Uh, so that, that will back out. That will back out um, this year and next. And I think they'll, they'll get back to some decent growth. Um, we've had a buy on it since September. I'm happy to maintain that at this stage. The chart looks pretty okay. good. It's bottom left, top right. So until that changes, happy to stick with right. it. Great. Gary? Yeah, I mean, look, I think this affordable housing sort of uh, is, you know, particularly property prices still being pretty buoyant, pretty heavy, um, and likely to, you know, if you believe all the banks are going to be rise strongly again this year. So it'll make this uh, space even more important. Um, and they, look, they're not just doing the retired and semi-retired. They're actually, they are doing some sort of working sort of smaller spaces for people who can't afford the homes right. as well. So, yep. um, and there's a real... Um, like a lot of the councils and governments around Australia are um, throwing a lot of resources into this sort of mm -hmm. affordable housing sort of uh, space there. So there's probably a lot of, um, you know, rebates sort of incentives to sort of try right. and yep. to go down this path. So it does look pretty good. Just I just can't get past the multiple here. So right. it's it's had a had an awesome run here. I um, mean, the share price has gone from, I know, but pre-COVID, it was like 9.50. It went down to like sub five, obviously, after yep. COVID. But then now we're up to $14, $15 there. I sort of settled around 13. But I, I do like the sector, but I think the multiple is pretty, pretty pricey here. So okay. um, I'd love to see it come back to around $10 personally. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. And our final stock, Gary, Charlie wants a view on Aurora there in the... Uh, uh, packaging business for bottles, cans, corrugated boxes, but also um, in terms of marketing as well. Yeah, so formerly Amcor packaging. Right. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so look, it's, you know, as Carl would say, this is a little bit of a boring business, <laughs> So, um, but a safe business. Um, look, I think it normally trades on it. Boring but safe. Yeah. So well, in this case, yeah. boxy and safe too, so it's sort yeah. of the Volvo of, uh, of packaging. So I think it's just under 12 times the yields are about 4.6% unfranked. Right. Um, so I think it typically trades on around 18 times. So currently trading on just under um, 17 sort of forward earnings there. So it's not not expensive. Right. Um, look, I, I, I do like the sector there because I think we're um, packaging sort of, uh, you know, becoming more important, but it's just not super, you know, I think the revenue line was was down one percent. Net profit was up nineteen um, percent, which is good earnings per share. So, running the business nice and clean, nice and tight here. Most of broker vales are sitting a little bit higher, but not much higher. Right. Okay. Um, so, there's maybe a little bit more appreciation in the share price, but not not compelling, I guess. Right. Yeah. Better opportunities elsewhere. Yeah. Carl. Yeah, I had a little chuckle when. Um, Gary was talking there because he got to that point where he sighed. You know, he, he said, there's lots of good things going on. And then he went, 
<sighs> and that's exactly how I, it's, you know it's exactly how I feel about this one as well. Like, it's a really solid. Uh, there's a really solid business uh, there. They've, you know, they've done really well through COVID. Um, there's a little bit of growth in there, but not a huge amount of growth. Yeah. But if you want boring, then then then, then it, it look it's boring but steady. And uh, the outlook, you know, they're, they're one of those companies that did have um, an outlook statement, and it was very very positive. So they are you know expecting to do quite well, and and get all the way up to maybe six or seven percent growth next year. Uh, and that is not exciting enough for me to um, to jump right. out and, and, and really get too involved in this one. But yeah, look, I mean, it, as you said, it's trading a little bit little bit lower on a PE basis than where it typically trades. It's not particularly uh, cheap or expensive at that rate, but with a bit of growth coming through, I don't mind it. The chart looks pretty good as well, but I just think there's other stuff out there, Koshi. So look, it's, if yep. you had it, you'd hold it. If you, I, honestly, with my, if I wouldn't buy this with my money right now. I think there's a very okay. solid business there but there's other stuff I'm interested in. Okay. All right, let's recap our final uh, five stocks. Qantas, a yes from both uh, Gary and Carl. That goes in to the calls portfolio. Um, medical development, um, uh, basically a watch from both of them into the future. Really interesting uh, business. Hopefully it does well. Um, imagine um, you've had a great run. Both Gary and Carl are saying, take some profits. Um, Gary's formula is uh, if it goes up 30%, you sell 30% of uh, your stock so you get your investment back and you have a free carry on the rest, but it's going to be a long time coming in terms of developing the product. Um, lifestyles, uh, communities, a yes from Carl. Uh, Gary would be interested around 10 bucks. It's pretty expensive at the moment. And Aurora hold if you've got it and you want a boring stock. Um, it's a bit too boring for both Carl and Gary. Um, Carl Kapalinga from uh, Think Markets over in the West. Good to see you, mate. Thank you for joining us on Thank the call today. Always love Thanks, having you. Thanks, David. And Gary, Gl Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Thanks, Good to David. have you in the studio, Thank you. as usual. Um, now, if you have any stocks you'd like us to analyse here on the call, just flick us an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au or get her on Twitter using the Ausbiz TV handle. A reminder, all the stocks in the calls portfolio, as I said, Qantas now goes into it. Uh, head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And Startup Daily Show on between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, today, they're joined by Chirang Azmi, who launches an equity crowdfunding campaign for his music platform, Clef. That's coming up on the Startup Daily Show, which looks at all things startups, venture capital and the like. And uh, don't forget, we've got a stream of chief executives joining Ausbiz this afternoon as earnings season continues. So a lot happening. Stick around. Back after the break. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.